What's up? I hope you are having a great day. I know I am. The Mavericks go up 2-1, to one, take the lead on the Jazz, regain home court. So I'm having a fantastic day. So excited to talk about the NBA playoffs in this episode here at Shooting the Schmitz. You know, Celtics up 2-0. 76ers look like they're going to sweep the Raptors. The Bulls have life. And I'm excited to do this new segment called Dear NBA Twitter. Cannot wait to get into it. But first, Double B, Bruce Buffer. Thank you, Bruce. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for today's episode. Cannot wait to talk about my Mavericks. I get to put my my fan cap on here in a bit. The Warriors and Nuggets are playing right now as I'm recording this. 107-105, Golden State's up. Super intense game. Nuggets trying to avoid, you know, the the potential sweep. You know, if the Warriors go up 3-0, I, I do like the chances for a sweep. But anyway, before I get into, you know, the games and everything that's been going on, I have to do this new segment called Dear NBA Twitter. NBA Twitter is a wild place. And I just think sometimes NBA Twitter needs a letter written to them to tell them to calm down or to quit talking about something. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do here. So here we go. Dear NBA Twitter, everything doesn't have to be about LeBron James. Okay, I get that we as people love to hold on to the past. But LeBron's time has come and gone. The chances of him winning another title are slim to none. So now, all you LeBron stands, all that you have left to do is pull up old LeBron series. Okay? Why are you pulling up the 2019 Cavaliers in Celtics series and trying to compare this Celtics team to the one from 2019 when they were all babies? This Celtics team is way better. Jason Tatum was a rookie on that 2019 team. Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown were only in their second years in the league. None of them were the defenders that they are now. Not even Marcus Smart was at the same level then as he is now as a defender. Okay, they were babies. LeBron was still in his prime. So please, please stop making this about LeBron James. And instead, let's make this about the growth of these Celtic players. Let's admire how the Celtics built this team through the draft instead of just throwing money at their problems like the Lakers do. Okay, let's admire the defensive game plan that has slowed Kevin Durant down because it has been incredible. The Celtics coaching staff have done a great job. Like, let's, let's look at that. Let's admire that, okay? I don't know what these LeBron James fans are going to do when he retires Because the league no longer needs him, okay? It doesn't. There is so much talent in the playoffs this year, okay? So how about instead of us talking about, you know, a 37-year-old guy who's nearing the end of his career, instead, let's talk about these young guys who are coming. Like, let's let's admire Jason Tatum and what he's done for this Celtics team because he's been nothing short of incredible. Let's do that, NBA Twitter, please. Let's do that instead. Now, I want to I wanna touch on all the other series real quick before I get to put my fan hat on. So the 76ers, they're about to sweep the Raptors, and Bede has been incredible. With that being said, the Raptors have absolutely nobody to throw at him to slow him down, and he's dominated just as he should. Obviously, he was big in the overtime win in Game 3. I like them to sweep, get him out of the way Re- really, really quickly. 
Man, the Grizzlies tonight, crazy comeback to go up 2-1, regain home court advantage. They're they're figuring it out, right? They're young, but they're so talented. They're going to give everybody fits. I cannot wait to watch them play the Warriors in in the second round. I don't think it's too early to say that. You know, Golden State probably going to be up 3-0 after tonight on the Nuggets. And the Grizzlies, now that they've regained home court, I don't see them losing another game in Memphis. So I do think it's not too, too premature of me to go ahead and predict that matchup, right? So that series is going to be awesome. The Celtics mount a crazy comeback to go up 2-0 on the Nets. I mean, that defense, man, it just, down the stretch, when they were down and they needed stops, it just went to another level. They held Kevin Durant to 4 of 17 shooting. Now, Kevin Durant still scored, you know, 27 points and still was 18 of 20 from the free throw line. But just what they've done to slow him down has been nothing short of incredible. And Kyrie didn't shoot well. He only scored 10 points. You know, just their defense, it's been incredible. There's no other word for it. So, you know, the Bulls tied up at 1-1. to And they have a legit shot to win this series. Who would have thought that? The Bulls having a shot to beat the Bucks in the series. DeMar DeRozan was much better in Game 2. They Their whole big three was, right? Vucevic shot the ball well. Levine played a lot better. DeRozan played a lot better. Obviously, he scored 41. So they were great offensively. The defense showed up again. Chris Middleton being hurt, spraining his MCL. I mean, the Bucks need him in this series, not just offensively what he brings in terms of his ability to spread the floor, but the defense, just the length. He's another body to throw at DeRozan or Levine. I mean, they're really going to miss him. It's going to put more on Giannis's shoulders. Drew Holiday is going to have to step up and be a little bit more of a scorer than what he is now. Uh, Alex Caruso continues just to make winning plays. I absolutely love him. It's un- inexcusable that the Lakers let him walk. I just, golly, it's ridiculous. Uh, the Pelicans are tied with the Suns 1-1, to who n- never thought I'd say that. I thought that was a sweep for sure. Devin Booker out two to three weeks. So now the Pelicans have a shot to win this series. As I said on the last podcast, I still like the Suns to win the series. But if the Pelicans beat a Devin Bookerless Suns, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Going back to New Orleans, I, I think that Game 3 is tomorrow night, or I guess today when you guys will be listening to this. So that series heating up. But now that I've kind of covered all those, I get to put on my Mavericks fan hat. And, oh, man. <laughs> so the Mavericks are up 2-1 to one now on the Jazz. They have reclaimed home court. And the Jazz now need to start. They either need to completely blow it up, start it over, trade Donovan Mitchell, do something Jurassic along those lines or they need to rethink how they're building the team around Donovan Mitchell okay the first thing you notice when you look at this Jazz roster is that there's no secondary score right like even with Dallas I think people are noticing now that Jalen Brunson is that second score that the Mavericks need when Luka doesn't have it going when you look at Utah I mean Donovan Mitchell is the only guy on their team who can consistently create offense not only for himself but also for everybody else, right? Like Jordan Clarkson, he's just a flat-out bucket getter, okay? Like he doesn't create opportunities for other people on the floor. Everything he does is for himself. Whereas with Donovan Mitchell, that's not the case. They need another guy who can not only score, but can create opportunities for other people. That'll just make things easier on Donovan Mitchell. On top of that, they need to get rid of, they need to get rid of Rudy Gobert, okay? He can't play in a playoff series. We're seeing it again in this one. 
We saw it last year in the Clippers series. Yeah, he just, he costs them. He just, he does. And yeah, so that's the thing with the Jazz. They need to change directions. I don't know how, you know, Jurassic you want it to be. Like I said, trade Donovan Mitchell or, you know, just change the way you're building around him. Get some more guys who can defend the wing. They need better defenders. They don't have any, like, defensive guys, right? It just seems like everybody they have can shoot the ball. And, like, that's it outside of Donovan Mitchell. So, now let's let's talk about the Mavericks here. So, the Mavericks don't need Luka to win this series. Okay, they've gotten nothing but wide-open looks these last eight quarters. Okay, the Jazz can't stay in front of Brunson. Uh, they can't defend Dinwiddie. Excuse me, excuse me. Winwitty, he's been big. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith needs to be known as one of the best wing defenders in, in the league. He's done a great job defending Mitchell. I mean, like, when I would love to see Donovan Mitchell shooting splits when he's defended by... Dorian Finney-Smith, because he's been awesome. But the person that I am most impressed with is Jason Kidd. Okay, when the Mavericks hired him, I was not excited. I remember being really upset. Um, On top of that, when Rick Carlisle did the whole, I think Dallas should hire Jason Kidd. I remember like, oh my gosh, Rick Rick Carlisle, you dirty dog. You're trying to drop a grenade and walk away and just blow up the Mavs from the inside out. But man, it has worked out. Okay, like this team defends extremely well, you know, which they've done that all year long. And then in this series, Jason Kidd has had all the answers offensively, okay? Like, uh, when Jalen Brunson went back to the locker room in Game 3, it didn't matter. It did not matter. They continued to get wide-open looks from 3, and it was just really, really impressive, okay? They scored 96 points in the first three quarters of this game. If you had told anybody, especially me, but if you had told anybody, that Dallas would score 96 points in three quarters on the road in Utah, their immediate response would be, oh, Luka is going to play in game three, and he's just going to have like a crazy game where he scores 35 in three quarters, you know, and he's like six of 10 from three or just something crazy like that. Like that would have been my instant reaction to you. But no, it was just wide open look after wide open look after wide open look. In game two of this series, the Mavericks had the most uncontested three-point, like, I'm trying to figure out how to word the stat properly. Basically, they took the most three-pointers ever in a playoff game that were uncontested. And we saw it again tonight in game three. It's just wide-open look after wide-open look. Part of that is, you know, taking advantage of Rudy Gobert and them trying to do the whole, he defends the corner while defending the rim thing. Like, that's really, really hard to do, and Gobert just doesn't have the mobility to do that. You know, they switched up a little bit tonight where, you know, Josh Green would set screens for for guys, and they'd be able to come off with nobody there because Rudy Gobert is <laughs> he's got two feet in the paint. And so, yeah, I've just I've been extremely impressed by what Jason Kidd has done as a coach in this series and really all season long. So, Jason Kidd, I apologize. I'm sure you listened to the podcast, and I'm sure that that's what fired you up. So, yeah, I'm sorry for not thinking you were the guy for the job here in Dallas. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Um, Just a heads up, I'm going to pull back a little bit on how many shows I release a week. I've got two jobs, and doing an episode five out of the seven days of the week is really tough, so probably going to pull it back to two or three. Plus, you know, that'll give more quality instead of quantity in the content as well. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. I will hopefully be back on Monday or Tuesday with another take for you guys.